in the best of circumstances, schools and families have limited time to meet, to discuss, to talk, right? Pediatricians, limited time. So this kind of tool helps you make the most of that time that is available, especially now when things are being done by video and kind of everything else. You don't even have the advantage of sort of the personal contact, right? So the more clear you can be, the more organized can be, the better your results going to be. Welcome to Tilt Parenting, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber. Today's episode is about introducing you to a new initiative from Understood called Take Note. It's a simple, free, step-by-step tool created to help parents figure out if the struggles they're seeing in their child might be signs of a learning and thinking difference. Understood has teamed up with the American Academy of Pediatrics to bring you vetted expert information on various differences and disorders, tools to help observe and recognize patterns in your child's behavior, and finally, tips to facilitate better conversations with your child, your partner, teachers, and healthcare providers. So if you're thinking, wow, this sounds like just what I needed X number of years ago with my child, well, that's exactly the point. And that's why I'm excited to share it with all of you. To tell us all about it, I am joined by two of Understood's resident experts and the co-hosts of the In It podcast, yet another amazing offering from Understood. If you haven't heard it yet, be sure to check that out. Amanda Morin is the Senior Expert in Family Advocacy and Education for Understood and a frequent guest of this show. And Bob Cunningham is the Executive Director of Learning Development, as well as a nationally known education leader. In this conversation, Amanda and Bob will tell us all about Take Note, how to use it, why it was created, what makes it such a unique and powerful tool for parents and caregivers, and more. We'll also talk about the power of us as parents observing patterns in our kids' behavior to help us suss out what might actually be going on and learn how to have effective and fruitful conversations with pediatricians and other specialists. Spread the word, because if this is something you could have used, no doubt there is someone in your life who could use it now. And now here is my conversation with Amanda and Bob from Understood. Hello, Amanda and Bob. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having us. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for having us join. Yes, I'm excited. So when I have two guests, it's always a little bit of a dance. So we'll see how it goes. But you guys are pros and you are also co-hosts of your own podcast. So I'm presuming that you have this supernatural ebb and flow between the two of you. Is that correct? You can presume that if you'd like. <laughs> we, we absolutely do. I just defer to Amanda, Debbie. That's how it works best. All right. That sounds like a good plan. Well, let's start with actually, before we get into the topic for today, I always start my podcast by asking my guests to more casually introduce themselves as opposed to the more formal bio that I read in the introduction. So Amanda, you've been on the show several times, but take a few minutes and tell us about who you are in the world and, and what you do. And then Bob, you are new to the podcast. Welcome. And uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as well. I guess I will start. I'm Amanda Morin. I'm a writer and senior expert in family advocacy and education at Understood. I'm also a mom to three kids, two of whom uh, learn differently, and an author and just all around. Here I am kind of person today, I think. Uh, You know, Bob and I co-host 
Understood's podcast in it. And um, that was the worst introduction ever, but I'm going to roll with it. You roll with it. It was great. You you know, you were saying I'm just an all around and in my mind, I'm thinking awesome person. So yes, we'll go with that. And you guys, I'll have links in the show notes to the other episodes that Amanda and I did together. Most recently, we did an episode about her book about empathy called What is Empathy, which is an amazing book for kids. And yes, so Amanda and Bob co-host the In It podcast, which is also phenomenal. And this season, I... I shared that I binged it in like a day because it was so great. Um, But so that was really my first introduction to Bob in this context. So Bob, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your work in the world? Uh, Absolutely. So I'm a uh, career educator, right? So I started out as a high school history teacher and then went into school administration and then worked at the district level and um, eventually started to work in independent schools that specialized um, in helping kids with learning and thinking differences and their families. Um, and I've been with Understood from the very beginning and am thrilled to still be a part of everything that is going on in and around um, Understood. So I uh, also, I have a daughter um, who has trichotillomania and she gives me the experience kind of of all of the school processes and things like that from the parent perspective. So I've come into that um, recently um, as well. So I've had a you know very broad experience um, and thrilled to be able to work with families and help kids and support schools and everything that goes along with that. So great. And I will just have to say, listeners, you probably know this. I am a big fan of Understood. We connected very early on in my Tilt Parenting journey I think it was David Flink from Eye to Eye who introduced us and understood is doing such important work for our community. The content is on point. It is exactly, you know, the kind of information that we crave and need broken down in a way that overwhelmed parents like us can really understand it and access it. And also pushing the needle. And that's what I I'm so excited about this particular initiative. So last year you launched an education wing, which was so important to really start supporting educators. And now you have a new initiative called Take Note, which is so relevant in this moment in time in particular. So you've done a lot of interviews about this at this point, so you probably have a way to do this. But just talk to us a little bit about what Take Note is and maybe the story of how it came about. So Take Note, what what I love about Take Note is that Note stands for something as a memory device. Note stands for notice, observe, talk, and engage. So it's really easy for parents to remember or families to remember. Take Note is an initiative we developed with the American Academy of Pediatrics for families to start making sense of those signs that we see that we may not know what what to do with and to start having those conversations with people in our child's life, like educators and healthcare providers and that kind of thing. We know that this pandemic has made us really close in close quarters, a lot of us in close quarters, and that parents are starting to see things that they may not have seen before, especially when it comes to learning, because kids are doing it right in front of them right now. Yes, uh, we actually started to develop Take Note before the pandemic. Um, So we were kind of working on this and thinking about it because one of the things that we know is that when communication breaks down, 
right, between parents um, and schools, it's really hard to recover from that. And if it breaks down in that initial kind of exploration phase where parents are trying to figure out what's going on um, with their kid and they're not really able to articulate what they're seeing or how they're feeling or, you know, connect it between home and school and that sort of stuff, that it can just set the whole relationship between families and schools off on a really bad path. So we started to think about, hey, how do we help parents observe? How do we help them figure out um, kind of what's going on? How do we help them enlist the kind of aid of others? Um, And that led us to pediatricians, right? So how do we get pediatricians involved here to help these families? And then how do we get parents to be able to communicate effectively about what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're thinking um, to their schools. And that's kind of how Take Note came about. Super exciting that it is available to families right now, because if you were ever going to take note, now's the time to take note, right? And no matter kind of what you do with what you're seeing, the important thing is that you do something, right? Your kids are home, you're with them much more frequently, you're getting to see how they interact with academics and with learning in a whole different way. Nobody is doing this particularly well um, right now. Every family is struggling, every school is struggling, every kid is having their own um, challenges with it. So a tool like this is particularly great to have kind of as we're all working our way through this. One of the things that was really interesting about developing it is that we were targeting, and targeting is such a brandy kind of word, but we were really looking to talk to parents who may not even know what to look for yet, that conversation. So we really started thinking about what is an article or a tool or a Q&A or information look like for a parent who doesn't even know what to search yet, right? And so for Take Note, one of the things that was really sort of a switch for me and the way we looked at things was that ability to really start thinking through what would a parent be looking at if they didn't have the words to look for it yet. So instead of saying, I think my child has dyslexia, we had to think through what does it look like when a parent says, my kid's having trouble reading, you know, what do I do with that? And for me, that's one of the things that I really love about this initiative and sort of all the resources that go with it is it's a totally new way of approaching that. Um, So we're really making sure that it's not just people who are in the know already. We're trying to to make sure that there are people who who aren't there yet can start investigating a little bit. Yeah, I think especially what's happening now, I I just interviewed Mickey Boas, who wrote a book called One in Five. We talked yesterday and her book's about dyslexia and her journey and getting services for her child. And we also were just touching upon this moment in time and what parents are observing. And often, yeah, we don't have the language. We have no idea what's going on. We just see a symptom, like there's something going on here. And oftentimes it's a friend who might navigate us towards that information and unpacking what what might actually be going on. So I do think this is such an important initiative in general, but right now it can be so useful because we really have access to observing in a way that we never have really. You know, these are kids who could have flown under the radar, right? Throughout their educational career, perhaps. And now there is this opportunity for their caregivers and parents to say, wait a minute, actually, 
there is some friction here, some areas of tension or areas where I could see my child isn't really thriving the way that I believe is possible. So what I'd love for you to do, I know I've interacted with the website and the videos, and can you just actually walk us through what Take Note is? So for parents who haven't checked it out yet, what will they find when they go to the initiative online? So the first thing is, it's really easy to find. It's u.org slash take note, which couldn't be simpler to get to, which is great. And there's a, there is, as you mentioned, there's a video that sort of talks through what, what is take note? What is it that you're doing here? Um, I think it's really interesting because it really normalizes the experience and says, you're not alone here. This is one in five kids. That's a lot of kids. That's a lot of parents, a lot of caregivers. And then it takes you sort of through these steps that, you know, we think about them in order because they stay in order, right? And see what you're looking at with your child and you can hit the the notice button and start looking at all this different articles and information and things like that about things that you might be seeing, like, why is my child falling apart at the end of the day or those kinds of things. Then you can go to O for observe. So it's almost like a process to go through. But I think what's interesting to me is that not everybody comes in in the same place. So you can navigate it from wherever you're coming in. If you've already noticed some of this stuff, you can come in and do the observe. Or if you've already done the observation, you can come in and and go to T for talk. And you can start finding conversation starters to start these conversations. But you know, it's interesting. I've never asked Bob what his experience is with navigating it. So would you do it differently? I wouldn't. I think you're spot on with how you're thinking about navigating it. The the beauty of Take Note for me is the amount of effort that was made by everyone involved to keep it simple. We, we all know that under the best of circumstances, if you're a parent and something is not going well for your child, it's incredibly stressful. It gets everything kind of, you know, up in the air especially right now, right? The last thing we want to do is layer on kind of another obligation, another responsibility, that sort of thing. So this, uh, the beauty of this is that that acronym, that N-O-T-E, is really easy to remember. The website is set up to be super responsive. It's guided, it's curated, right? Every kind of word of ease you can use here, um, take note is. So using it flexibly, like once you have the observation, I didn't, when I thought about it for my own kids or when I thought about it for the families that I've worked with, um, I didn't think about kind of doing it all at once, right? I sort of took the N first and then the O and then the T and then it worked my way kind of through that process. And then like you said, Amanda, you can bounce back and forth once you've got that idea, but really just internalizing, understanding that N-O-T-E process and then looking at how it's guided um, at u.org slash take note. That's what I think is most helpful. We'll be right back after this quick break. This year, I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body. And so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. 
Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60TILT at greenchef.com slash 60TILT. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. I love the observation tool in particular because that was something I was told by OTs and therapists and pediatricians, especially like if we were going through regression or something was happening. Well, you should, you know, observe, keep a journal. And, you know, it was so overwhelming to me. I had no idea what am I looking for? And you want me to start journaling, right? You want me to be writing in my diary every night? I am just mm-hmm. getting through the day. In your free time, right? Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so can you actually, but it's so important because there's so much information that is available to us if we observe in a, an efficient way. Uh, so can you talk us through that? particular piece of the approach? I'm going to kick that to Bob, but I, I think I will say the one thing I'll say is in part, that was the beauty of partnering with the American Academy of Pediatrics. This is what they do. They are so used to having these conversations with parents. They are invested in the health of our kids. They are invested in the health of everybody's kids, right? And making sure that we're having these, they want to have these conversations. And for them, when they do say, you know, observe take note of what you're, I didn't even mean to say take note there, but I said it, it fits perfectly. Um, You know, when, when they're saying to you, keep a journal, they really mean that because they want you to have that information. But 
in partnering with the AAP, we were able to really distill what that means to them. And then this observation tracker looks at all those patterns. Bob, do you have a, a good sense of, of how to walk somebody through that? Yeah, I do. And the the video that is on um, u.org slash take note is super helpful, right? So it's the kind of introduction and the guide, and then you can download the actual tool itself and it's a fillable um, tool. So you can do it right on the um, computer, um, which makes it great, or you can print it out. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter. And the thing that I like about the way it's presented is that there are examples um, included. So there's a blank page for you to use, but right after that, there is a page that's been filled in um, that you can use as a model. And that pattern continues for each page of the the tracker, um, the pattern finder and the tracker. And so I think it's pretty easy to digest, pretty easy to understand. And it focuses on the things that we know from our experience as educators and, and what's in the research out there is most important. It focuses on the context. So there's a box for the setting. There's a box for the time, right? Time of the day, day of the week, that sort of stuff. And then there's a place for you to record kind of what you're seeing, what you're actually noticing, and then to also keep track of what you've tried. And if there's anything that your kid says or anything that you've seen that's different after you've tried something. So it's basically a problem-solving tool in addition to being an observation tool. And the reason that's important is because then when you go to the other um, acronym letters. So when you go to talk to a pediatrician about this, or when you go to you know engage with your school or with others who can help you get the support you need for your child, you have a way to talk through it that is organized, logical, clear, you know that sort of stuff. Because in and and a lot of this really hits home to me because as a career educator, I can't tell you how many families have come to meetings and really just not been able to convey what they want to convey, that makes the people at the school feel helpless. Um, it gets everybody frustrated. And that's what can send that relationship downhill right away. And that's really what we want to avoid. I don't think I would have a coherent narrative, right? Nope. The, the ability to put all of those pieces together and have a cohesive story out of it is so important. Even if like what you write down for your observations isn't clinical, it doesn't have to be like, today I saw this, you know, jargony, jargony, jargony thing. It's my kid was screaming at me when it was time to sit down and do math homework. I have no idea where it came from. Right. Is is just as important as whatever else you could say. Yeah, or more. Like the clinical piece isn't isn't the most important. The most important is just getting all of your kind of thoughts and observations out there. In the best of circumstances, schools and families have limited time to meet, to discuss, to talk, right? Pediatricians, limited time. So this kind of tool helps you make the most of that time that is available, especially now when things are being done by video and kind of everything else. You don't even have the advantage of sort of the personal contact, right? Um, So the more clear you can be, the more organized can be, the better your result's going to be. 
That makes so much sense because so many of us are also on long waiting lists to have mm-hmm. these conversations. And there's nothing worse than leaving that conversation being like, oh crap, I forgot to say. Totally. You know, this, yeah. 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 You're absolutely right. And and think about that for a second though. The fact that you're on a long waiting list, like that's a fact of life. When you when your kid is struggling in these areas or when when you have kind of ideas and things like that, you do get put on waiting lists and that. One of the things that the the observation tool can really help with is it makes you realize that you don't have to wait for the meeting or you don't have to wait for the conversation. You can organize your thoughts and try things while you're waiting. And it helps you keep track of what you're trying and why you're trying them. And then if there's a result that you're seeing. So it can help in that situation too, which is a beautiful thing. And some of the resources that are in the take note tool are those things to try. So it's not like we're just saying, here's something you should notice and pay attention to and leaving you hanging. There are resources. And as you keep going, there are resources to say, give this a try. You know, here are three things to try. And if one of them works, great. And if it doesn't, try the next thing. And if it doesn't, you know. So what I actually think is really helpful to know that it's not just you're keeping this information until you get there from that waiting list. We're giving you information, understood providing information of what you can try in the meantime. You know, and then we've talked about this before that understood is like the expert vetted information too. So we're not just making it up. We're, you know, we're we're talking to experts in the field and making yeah, sure we that we're make giving stuff up. No, we don't. Yeah. We're not that smart. Um, <laughs> when you know. look at the, some of the other kind of tools that are on on the on you.org slash take note, there are a lot of conversation starters when it comes to talking. Um, in my work with families. It's hard to just get stuff started. It's hard to talk to your kid. It's hard to talk to your spouse or your partner or your friend. It's hard, certainly hard to talk to your mom or dad. Um, and it's hard to talk to teachers and pediatricians and clinicians, but they all are there to support and to help. So we offer a lot of conversation starters that you can use very easily to get those conversations moving. So I yeah. love that too. That is so helpful because again, we we also often feel isolated and misunderstood. We feel like our kids are misunderstood. We have a lot of fears and worries that we're grappling with ourselves, but then also in how we'll be perceived or misunderstood by the people that we're trying to get support from. Mm-hmm. So, and I do want to just point out one of the pieces of the observation that I love so much was the pattern finder. And that to me is just brilliant because we don't, the patterns are unfolding before our eyes constantly, but we're never taking the time to see them. And so it's literally like I could see having a stack of these printed on my desk. And then at night when I'm, I sit at my desk every night before I go to bed and I floss and I brush my teeth at my desk. I don't know why, but that's when I would just fill out my pattern finder or something, you know, just so I can kind of capture things that I noticed from that day. And so I think you just make it really easy for people to really be detectives uh, about what's going on with their kids. That's how you process the information. Like you just captured it beautifully. Like that's the time when you sit back and actually make sense of the observations. And I have education and credentials and everything else, you know, beyond anything, but you can't expect yourself just to do that with your child. Right. When, when it's your kid and you're engaged and you're kind of in it with your kid, you're not going to recognize those patterns. You're not going to see the connectivity. And a tool like this can really help you do that. I will be totally honest in saying that in using the pattern tracker, I didn't just find patterns in my own kid. I found patterns in my own reactions to yes. things. 
that, you know, I probably could work on as well, right? And those are the kinds of things, you know, as you say, like when you're right in the midst of it, you're not thinking through no matter what your education is, no matter what your background is, you're not thinking with the part of your brain that says, now I need to do this. So you're thinking with the part of your brain that says, how do I make it through this? How am I getting through right now? Yeah. And, you know, that's the part of my brain that doesn't always respond appropriately. So being able to track what I say was really helpful to me. Um, there are a few people that I would say that to, but but this is you and Bob, Debbie, you're the two people I would say that to and everybody else listening now, right? Our closest friends. Right. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, we didn't mention yet, but I'll, I'll throw in there that this this tool is uh, totally available in Spanish as well. So share it with anyone, English, Spanish, um, get to know it. it. It can be a lifesaver. That that was one of the things I wanted to to bring up because I think that's so important. I get asked that a lot. You know, are your podcasts available in Spanish? And there's a huge underserved community of native Spanish speakers who live in this country who really struggle to have access to resources and everything that you're providing to be able to offer it in Spanish. I think that is huge because we also know, and I, I'd love to talk about this a little bit. In certain cultures in the U.S. and around the world, there's so much stigma around getting support or maybe having a conversation with a pediatrician where where it's more of an equal relationship, right, as opposed to deferring to their wisdom. And so it may be uncomfortable for some people to engage with professionals or educators if that's not something that for certain cultural backgrounds, it's not the way that we would interact with an expert. So. Can you actually talk a little bit about that engage piece and how you're supporting families and parents to really access the help that they need in a way that would feel comfortable? Definitely. So the first thing I would say is everything that we translate into Spanish, we do not only like a linguistic translation, we do a cultural translation as well. So we have an amazing Spanish editor who is looking at how does this language impact native speakers, right? What what are we giving them to say in a way that's comfortable to them culturally? So I, I think that's an amazing thing. It's a talent that that I I just so appreciate in what she does. And the second thing I would say is we have started really working on making sure that we have articles and resources that speak directly to audiences that we hadn't spoken to before necessarily. Like we have more articles where we are reaching out and asking people in the communities that we are trying to talk to, how would they have these conversations? What are the pieces that we're missing? So we're really looking to experts, parents, educators who have the backgrounds of working with, for example, the Latinx community or the Black community or those kinds of communities. We're making sure that we are having representation. And I think that is a key piece here is to make sure that we have conversation starters that are specific to a community who doesn't feel as comfortable having these conversations, that it's translated in a way that makes sense to them and feels comfortable. And that we're acknowledging that there is more stigma. We're acknowledging that there there are barriers. And I think for me, it's been I don't have the word for it. For me, it's been really um, enlightening to be able to just say, yes, we're acknowledging this is this is an issue and we're going to help you work through it by making sure we have people who understand that concern 
talk to you directly. We'll be right back after this quick break. Hey there, it's Debbie. I love making this show and sharing conversations about how to support our awesome neurodivergent kids. I've seen how even one little insight from an interview can spark a big shift in daily life. But I know that raising complex kids can be messy and lonely. And just when we think we figured it out, something comes up that boots us right back to feeling overwhelmed and stuck. That's why I've poured everything into creating a way for parents like us navigating complex parenting journeys to join together and chart a path that feels positive, hopeful, and doable. It's the brand new Differently Wired Club experience. In the club, you'll get personal support from me and other seasoned parent coaches, six live calls every month where you can connect and get your personal questions answered, the opportunity to learn directly from authors and experts like I have on this show, monthly themes for getting specific and tactical, an exclusive private podcast feed, and the best, most generous community of parents. Seriously, these folks show up for themselves and each other, and that right there is really everything. Because it's a daily reminder that we're not alone. Our kids aren't broken, and we have totally got this. The recently rebooted Differently Wired Club is on a brand new platform with its very own iOS and Android app. It is such a great space. However you learn, whatever your style, no matter the ages, genders, and neurodivergent profile of your children, the Differently Wired Club can help you cultivate the positive shifts you're hoping for. Join us today by going to tiltparenting.com slash club. That's tiltparenting.com slash club. I hope to see you on the inside. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. It was front and center when we were thinking about Take Note and how it could be developed. Um, we did a uh, we did a survey with YouGov of families, right? And one of the things that jumped out at us right away when we looked at the results of that survey was that at least for the Latinx and the Black uh, participants in this in the survey, um, they expressed you know greater concern about what was going to happen in the new school year about challenges that kids were going to face, that sort of stuff. So we knew that at least from our survey, um, there was some heightened concern in in the communities of color. So we wanted to make sure that we were putting in the content and making sure that our tools um, were responsive and that sort of stuff. And, and we did that by reaching out with people who have that lived experience and um, really thinking through it, as, as Amanda said. So I'm really happy with that. Uh, I'm really actually kind of proud um, of that effort because it's not uh, something that you kind of always think about, but it's something that's so important to always think about. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. So 
Speaking of engaging with pediatricians, I'm wondering, are there any kind of standard do's and don'ts? Because, you know, I'll just say with my uh, child's pediatrician when when he was a little guy and I was kind of at that stage where I was like, oh, something going on or isn't it kind of thing. I just deferred. I was like, well, he would be like, everything looks fine to me. And, and, and so I, I would be like, well, yeah, but this is happening and it's really intense. And it's like, oh, that's all within the debate. You know, I, I felt like I got a lot of pushback, which at the time I was actually kind of relieved. I was like, oh, good. Well, if he's convinced it's fine, then it's awesome, you know, but really I needed a lot more at that time. So are there, are there any kind of best practices for starting or engaging with these conversations with our pediatricians? Yeah, I'll give you my top one, which is use that pattern tracker. Because when you talk to a medical doctor, when you talk to a pediatrician, they are concerned with frequency and intensity of kind of what you're seeing. And they are concerned with whatever is going on around that could be contributing to it. And the better able you are to say, this is the pattern I'm seeing, and this is why it concerns me, the more responsive you're going to be. Your, your threshold of concern as a parent may be very different <laughs> than the threshold of concern that a doctor has, but that you got to trust in that doctor's duty of care, that doctor's, the reason they became a doctor. People don't become a doctor for fun, right? They become a doctor because they want to help. So you go into that conversation knowing that there's someone there who wants to help you have to make it as easy as possible given the demands on their time and their brain and all that sort of stuff for them to help you. So the more specific you can be, the more you can use a tool like the observation tool or the pattern um, recognition tool. Those are the kind of things that can really help here. And I definitely think too, it's important to be able to have that piece of what I've already tried, right? Mm. Because that, that that comes into the conversation with, I actually have tried things. I, I'm starting out at a place that's not just like, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. And even if you are starting out there, I don't know what's going on. That's okay too. But to be able to go in and say, I've tried this and I've tried that and I've tried this. And it's not, I'm not seeing any difference is, is helpful as well. I also think um, in developing this with the American Academy of Pediatrics, we have this advantage of understood is talking to families and educators. The American Academy of Pediatrics is now talking to their clinicians. And so we're lucky enough to have this this one-two punch where everybody's looking at the same tool and hopefully expecting those conversations. And I think one of the beautiful things about Take Note is that we have people who are coming to meet together in the middle. And, you know, I think that that is something that not all parents have experienced, and I'm glad that they're getting to be able to experience that now. And hopefully, you know, pediatricians are also providing this tool to families. Yeah, that's the idea. You couldn't imagine a better partner, right? From helping kind of with the memory device to really saying, hey, we want our members, we want the members of the academy to be using this with families. We want them to be sharing this with families. Um, yeah, great effort all around. I think I've understood as like this mighty force in the world and like you guys are in the best possible position to connect these 
relationships, these different communities who aren't always talking to each other. And that's what I find so exciting, you know, as a parent, you know, when we're kind of just navigating, especially the earlier journey with our kids and discovering or, or questioning whether or not something might be going on, we often just feel clueless. We have no idea if something is or isn't, and we feel isolated and worried and all of those things. And so I find this tool to be so empowering because it's it's like, okay, we've got you. We're going to take you through this. And that's so cool to me. And then there's tilt parentings in the middle where you're connecting parents so that they don't feel so alone, right? So there's there are all of these pieces that fit together. Definitely understood as position to, to partner, but we need communities like yours that are working together to understand that like, we're not alone. I mean, we all feel very isolated. And as parents, when we start this journey, it can be so overwhelming. I mean, it can just be so overwhelming. And if you don't have a community that understands what that feels like, I mean, the, I mean just to be able to say to another parent, holy cow, today was a day is an amazing thing to be able to do. And that's your community. And your community has that ability to really reinforce the fact that it's okay to start having these conversations. We have the tools, we have, you know, the American Academy of Pediatrics is working with us. And then in between are the Debbie Reavers of the world and all of the people who who are in your community who are really supporting each other to start looking at this in ways that can empower you as a parent, as opposed to making you feel so lonely, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it is so lonely sometimes. So it's important. Well, thank you for for that. And let's talk then about about my community. So people listening to this, first of all, I encourage all of you to check this out. This is a free tool and definitely just go check it out, watch the videos, read the articles, engage with it. And we're already, you know, this is going to be helpful for us 100%, but we are also as a community really well positioned to support people who have never maybe considered that their child may have some lagging skills or or needs extra support in certain areas. And so how can our community help support this initiative? All the listeners, how can we amplify this? The first thing I would say is share it with everybody you know, right? Just share it with everybody you know, because even if your child doesn't learn or think differently, the pandemic has brought to, to light all sorts of new things in kids, right? So even if in the in the long run, what you're seeing isn't something that becomes identified or diagnosed, it's going to be a support for you and you're going to be finding it. So I think share it with everybody you know, use it as a way to start conversations. Um, I definitely would say that there's also this opportunity to say, you know, I found this tool helpful to me. And that's that's like the gentle way in, right? To be able to say, it was really helpful to me. I wanted to share it with you because I was like, this is an amazing thing that I really benefited from. And I don't know if you need it or not, but I wanted to share it because I thought you would like to see it. Um, You know, definitely that's the thing. And I think also just to be able to say, this exists. You don't have to use it yet if you're not ready to, but this exists when you're ready to, I'm here, Mm -hmm. I think is a powerful thing too. Awesome. So any last thoughts before we say goodbye? Anything that you'd want my audience to know? I'll throw one thing in, which is um, if you look at the observation tool and if you look at some of the content that's associated with Take Note, 
You can also use these same kinds of devices, these same kinds of tools around things that you want to communicate go well for your kid, right? And so this um, whole experience with virtual learning and blended learning and all of the disruption has caused families and educators to look at kids differently, right? The learning strengths and the learning challenges look different depending on the context and the environment. Everyone's in a new context and environment. So some kids who didn't have particular challenges in the in-school setting are now having them in a virtual setting. And some kids who struggled with some things in a school setting are now not struggling at all with those um, in a virtual setting. So you can use the same kind of methods around, hey, how do I share with people what's going really well for my child right now? And how do I help myself focus on some of those things that are going really well? And how do I even think, you know, how do I talk and how do I engage with people who are going to help me make sure to expand on those things that are going well and carry those things and that attitude and those ideas back into the physical schooling whenever and wherever that's possible. Right. So I will throw that in. At the end. I love that, Bob. That's great. I haven't heard Bob say that before, by the way. So I think that's, that's amazing. That's awesome. Well, you guys, thank you so much for walking us through this today. And yeah, thank you so much again for the work that you're doing. And we look forward to doing the Facebook Live. Listeners who are listening to this on the day it comes out, we are going to be doing a Facebook Live on Friday, October 2nd go to the Tilt Together Facebook page. That's where it will be. And we will take questions and maybe go through some of the tools some more. So thank you both for coming by today. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, where you can download the transcript, find links to Understood's Take Note Initiative, my past conversations with Amanda on this show, and all the other resources we discussed, visit tiltparenting.com slash session 228. If you get a lot out of this podcast and would like to help me cover the cost of its production, including my fabulous editor, Donna Bardsley. Thanks, Donna please consider joining my Patreon campaign. On Patreon, you can sign up to make a small monthly contribution, as little as $2 a month to support the show. Just go to patreon.com slash tiltparenting. Lastly, please help this podcast stay visible and easily found by subscribing and leaving a rating or a review on iTunes. Thank you so much. And that's all for this week. Stay safe, stay well, and take good care. And for more information on Tilt Parenting, visit www.tiltparenting.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Ko, and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. 
My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.